We've Been Around the Block is a podcast coming to you from the heart of the KZN Midlands. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Anthony Jarvi, and my very special guest today is Dion Schroeder. Welcome, Dion. Hi, Ant. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be on your show. Dion, you are a cane farmer, and we've done a podcast about a year and a half ago about bringing beans into rotation with sugarcane. But a lot of water has passed under the bridge in a year and a half, uh, literally and figuratively. We've had some, we've had a really wet season this past season. But many things have changed in the cane industry. And a short while back, we had a little discussion and I realized that you've come across a change in the way we look at rotation. And so I thought this would be a very good podcast topic to have a look at. After a short break, we will come back to Cane and Beans 2.0. Don't go away. This episode is sponsored by Panel Seed. The listeners to this episode may well be cane farmers not that familiar with Panel Seed. Panar is a seed company that breeds and markets hybrid maize and beans which would fit into your cropping rotation. To get hold of them, contact either a local representative or www.panar.co.za. Back to the show. All right, Dion, tell me a little bit about your farming operation. Our tent, uh, we farm in the Dalton area of the KZN Midlands. We farm mainly sugarcane, makes up 90% of our operation. Uh, we farm 740 hectares of sugarcane, mostly two-year rotation, and we deliver to the UCL mill in Dalton. How far are you from the mill? Because I know in sugar that's quite a, a big issue. Our average uh, lead distance is 22 kilometers one way, and it does make up a huge part of our cost. Right. And so how many generations has this farm been in the family? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. I'm a fifth generation farmer. Oh. Uh, my ancestors came out from Germany in 1880. But on this particular farm that we're farming now, I'm the second generation. My dad bought this farm in 1993, yes, right. selling the original family farm. It's like a wonderful operation. So you say you 90% cane, the other 10% is timber? Yeah, we've got a little bit of a mix. Uh, we have a little bit of cattle, a little bit of timber, and uh, a few hectares have gone into beans now. Right. So that's really the essence of our discussion today, bringing other crops into rotation with sugar. So just from an agronomic point of view, there's many good reasons for rotating, right? Absolutely. Uh, we've noticed that... Sugarcane following any kind of a rotation definitely looks better and most certainly yields better as well. Yeah, particularly if it's a legume crop. Absolutely, yes. Right, so when Dave Wilkinson and I did the Sugarcane podcast year and a half ago, we looked at many aspects of rotating without knowing where everything was going. We poked at different aspects of the whole rotation, looking at how could you follow sugarcane with beans and what sort of cadence would you use you know so with your sugarcane how long do you on average keep your cane in how many tunes right and how much time do we have because uh, <laughs> i could start at the very beginning normally with sugarcane you plow sugarcane out after you've harvested it say after 10 years of it being in the ground and then we would normally have it out for anywhere between three to six months and it would go straight back into sugarcane that's what it was like for us in the beginning 
then we sort of started noticing that that wasn't going to be a, a sustainable solution for us in the long run. And we started looking at rotation crops and we started off by planting something simple like oats. That oats crop sort of went in just before winter. We overwintered the land, then we plowed it back in and planted it back to cane. So three, four months out of cane. Mm. We realized then that that was probably just scratching the surface and we started digging deeper and deeper. We've now ended up at a place where we're using a whole host of combinations of mixed cover crops, summer cover crops, winter cover crops, and also other commodity crops like beans and maize. We've actually planted some sorghum for the first time this year. A few years ago, we, we went into soyas and we planted a good couple of hectares into soyas. And we realized fairly quickly after planting soyas that there was a problem with them. And after much searching and looking around, we finally figured out, well, we're pretty sure that it was the chemical residual which right. caused the problem. Yeah. And so we ended up with a crop that looked fairly good, but we got rather substandard yields. Right. And that we identified as, as a big problem with a legume rotation in our cane crop. Right. With Dave Wilkinson's podcast, we identified that one of the biggest problems with rotating with a, with a legume would be the herbicide. And uh, we sort of spoke through the whole thing and we, we felt that, well, what we could suggest is that towards the end of your cane cycle that you start using slightly more friendly mm. herbicides so that by the time you, you plowed out that the next crop doesn't suffer. But things have changed in the cane industry in the last short while. And I think it permits a longer rotation than just a three month or in fact a single year. We're looking at multi-years, right? That's right. <clears throat> um, yeah, in the sugar industry, one of the big things that have changed is that there's been two sugar mills that have closed down in the recent past. And I think the millers thought that they would be able to crush the whole South African crop. And uh, unfortunately, that has turned out to be an erroneous assumption. So there's a heck of a lot more cane out in the countryside than the sugar mills can actually crush. So that's forced some growing groups to look at reducing their hectares under cane or their tonnage delivered. And I certainly think that's one of the reasons that a lot of guys might be looking at rotating for maybe a, a two to three year period now rather than and just the, the traditional six months or so. Right, and so actually rotation, if you bring in a rotation, it's actually a sustainable way of reducing your cane output, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you looked at your cane rotation, it could be a, an option to possibly put something like maize or sorghum in for a season, also to give that soil an extra break from the cane chemicals, and then come back with a legume crop beans or soyas before going back to cane. So that would be a, at least a two-year rotation interspersed with cover crops in between. That would give your soil a good rest and it would rejuvenate the soil. And hopefully then your cane would be much happier once you plant it again. Right. And in doing so, you, you would take in some cane out of production, but thereafter you get a yield kick. And so it's sort of an ongoing cycle that you would be producing more healthy cane in a more sustainable system. And hopefully cheaper too. You mentioned uh, sorghum, you mentioned maize and beans. Uh, what are the barriers to utilizing these crops in a, in a cane system? So the typical cane system is, uh, as I mentioned, in our district here, it's a two-year cane rotation. So you've got, first of all, 24 months worth of different ages of cane on your farm. It's not uh, a wall-to-wall -wall harvest system. And you've got a whole network of roads and contours and waterways on your farm with a relatively small field. 
And to maneuver some of this very big, smart, fancy equipment around your farm becomes uh, a bit of a challenge. You can imagine a, a big John Deere S660 combine going down a, a sort of two and a half meter cane road. Yeah. You can imagine the carnage on either side of that combine. Right. And so obviously, you know, the slopes are one of the things that would be a deciding factor as to whether you could plant a cash crop in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, farming in sort of the rolling hills of the KZN Midlands has its challenges. Uh, I think you'd have to just select your fields very carefully. There's some fields on our farm that are absolute no-nos. We wouldn't even be able to get a four-row planter in. But, uh, you know, you'd, you'd have to just choose wisely on your fields. Right. So it's not perhaps for for all your hectares, but for some of your hectares, you could then rotate. And the idea then would be that it's not a crop that you would plant and hope to gain the benefit in the cane yields thereafter. You'd actually have a cash benefit in the season that you're planting it. So something like maize. Are cane farmers equipped to plant maize generally? No, generally <laughs> not. Um Obviously, maize, beans, uh, soyas all require specialized equipment. Uh, sugarcane farmers traditionally haven't had that equipment. It's starting to come in because of the challenges that you have mentioned. And uh, it, people are looking around buying equipment to suit, you know, smaller equipment to suit uh, our, our smaller farming operations or sugarcane farming operations. You know, so the, the thing is that if you had to take out 10% of your farming operation to, to rotate, that might be a very small hectare, you know, 70 hectares, right. you know, 700. Yeah. It's quite difficult to get a, a planter and a harvester and all that for a small amount. But if you're doing multi-season, so it's maybe two seasons or even three seasons, then that critical mass in terms of your cash crops is so much better, isn't it? That's absolutely right. And I think that's that makes the whole thing a lot more palatable. Instead of buying a planter for 70 hectares, you've now bought the planter for 140 hectares. Right. So if you you and your neighbours who are have similar operations put yourselves together. Right. So with beans and soybeans and, and maize, you'd probably use very similar planting equipment. With beans, they're... There's an additional issue, and that is it's reasonably specialized harvesting equipment. Yeah, that's right. So to cross that hurdle, I have took a drive up to the Free State and bought myself a secondhand small harvester to make sure that I can get my crop in. Getting contractors in to come and do work for you, specifically harvesting, something that's uh, as time-specific as beans, can sometimes become quite tricky because you want your beans harvested now and uh, the contractor's busy. Elsewhere. Oh, elsewhere yeah right so that that's great because um i think that is probably the the one barrier that you have to cross because it's no good planting something like beans which is expensive to plant uh, seeds expensive looking after the crop is expensive you don't have to plow it in at the end of the day because right. you couldn't get it out just as as an add-on there um and i think sugarcane was traditionally or in the past a lot more profitable than it is now compared to some of these other crops that we're talking about. And I think what's happened is that people have realized, or I certainly have, that if you do these interim cash crops, beans, maize, not so much soyas, but beans and maize definitely, that you will be able to generate returns equal or superior to those of cane. Right. I think that's that comes to that point of plowing the stuff in. Mm. You know, you can't plant something that costs you twenty to thirty thousand rand a hectare to plant and raise and get to harvest. And not and then plow it in. It's just not a viable option, right? Um, cane farmers would be in the position to 
spray and look after something like a bean crop? Y- yes, I think, look, cane farmers have got the spraying equipment and they've got the top dressing equipment to work in, in the maize or bean crop. The trick comes in once again with the, your, in our area at least, the traditional contractors all plant on 76 centimeter rows. Our sugarcane rows are all at 91 centimeters. All of our equipment is set up for 91 centimeters. And uh, 90% of our operation is sugarcane. So it makes absolutely no sense at all to change our entire fleet to suit a very small percentage of our farming operation. So I think that's another challenge. If you're going to be planting at 76 centimeters and spraying at 90, you're going to end up trampling a huge portion of your crop. So my idea there was to eliminate that. I went out and found myself a very good second-hand planter, and I'm now planting my beans at 91. 91, yeah, absolutely. And then your spray rig will be set up for 91 and everything will be hunky-dandy. That's right, right yeah. Mm, good. In terms of marketing your crop, you know, this is this would be quite a change for a kangaroo to yeah. actually go out and, and look for a market, right? <laughs> Correct, yeah. Uh, very new to us. Sugarcane farmers have been spoiled. We, we deliver the crop to the mill and at the end of the month, the money comes into the account. We don't have to haggle. We don't have to argue with anybody. It just happens. And all these other crops uh, have got seems like a fine art to sell them and uh, I think it's like anything you've got to be in the game to actually start learning about it I think it's very difficult to read in a book how to sell your bean crop or how to sell your maize crop you have to get in there produce the crop and you'll figure it out right yeah so one of the exciting things that you suggested was to have maize as your first rotation crop followed then by something like beans or soybeans beans in your case right but the maize crop would then be a little bit more tolerant of sugarcane herbicides and therefore that transition into the rotation would just be eased by planting maize. That's right. We found that maize seems to be a bit more tolerant and uh, there's no visual effects uh, Fight, fight her, yeah. Yeah, effects on the crop. And uh, that gives the soil an extra, an extra season to recover from the, the harsher sugarcane chemicals. And then hopefully the beans will do better after that. Right. So nowadays there's a lot of new technology in maize. So you could look at varieties with Roundup Ready, which would then just make the weed control part of the whole system really, really easy because Roundup just sorts out a lot of fairly tough weeds. Right. And what Roundup also does is kill sugarcane, which is an absolutely way more difficult thing than, than you think. Uh, sugarcane is extremely tolerant of, of any chemicals and sometimes even after two years you'll see some volunteers coming through so to plant a roundup ready crop and to spray roundup over it a couple of times will certainly weaken it and hopefully by the time you get back to planting sugarcane you won't have any volunteers or off types coming through right and, and that means a complete break into a new variety if, if that's what you wanted yeah because the worst thing you to see on your farm is a sugarcane field with all sorts of different varieties it looks like a it looks like a teenager with pimples on his face (laughs) yeah so by putting maize into the rotation you transition the herbicide program fairly comfortably and then beans onto maize is standard across the entire industry absolutely every bean farmer in the country is also a maize farmer okay and so there are obviously maize herbicides that you don't want to use but if you use roundup maize that makes the the system really, really clean. And then you would go into beans. And I think in this area, the reason we haven't historically had too many beans in the Midlands 
is really that 30 years ago, the varieties were quite susceptible to rust and angular spot and things that would be problematic in your mist belt. Mm. And nowadays, we've made quite big progress in terms of the, the dry bean varieties. And so the varieties are a whole lot more tolerant of rust and angular spot and anthracnose. And so that really is actually a new opportunity because it probably didn't exist 30 years ago. So bringing beans back into rotation with sugar in this area would just make great sense because I don't know what your experience is with bean yields, but you can get pretty good yields in this area because it's high rainfall. Yeah. So I think last year we got two tons a hectare. Right. I don't know how that compares to the country. Well, the, the country average is about 1.2, so it's a whole lot better than many other parts of the country. Yeah, and um, with the highly sophisticated spray programs that we use, we didn't see any rust damage last year, even though we had a very, very wet year. What we did notice with all that rain last year was a little bit of sort of staining on, on the actual beans, and, and the buyers didn't like that all that much. And that's something that we're going to be paying a little bit more attention to this year is the timing of the harvest. And the timing of the planting, obviously. And the so timing that, of yes. the planting. And that is something that each area will need to optimize. But I think, you know, we're sitting end of January here and I know you're in the middle of your planting and, and I think that's bang in the right time. What you would like to do is plant as late as possible in your season so that you have the crop maturing in the drier part of the late summer going into autumn right yeah i think that's the key for us here and uh, this year we've spreading out our planting a little bit more as well so we've started planting now and some fields are only going to be ready in, in two weeks time to plant and it'll be interesting to see the difference in quality coming through in this in the three-week planting window right most other parts of the country worry about frost your frost risk is, is fairly low right now, frost is not something that on our particular farm is not something that we worry about hugely we don't have very many frost areas on our farm. On the bean side, that lets us hang the beans quite late. Yeah, you know, so farmers in other parts of the country would be worrying about their last planting date based on the fact that there's a frost risk with the later plantings. But you obviously have that luxury of planting yeah. later. Yeah, so I suppose the way we'd mitigate that is if there is a frost pocket, we would plant that earlier. Right. And then in the non-frost areas, you can plant them much later. Right. I think we've probably covered most things. I think the, the important thing to know with bean farming, for example, is you don't need the most fancy equipment. Mm. My opinion is get whatever you can afford, whatever suits your pocket. Just plant a few hectares. You know, you can even harvest them in an extremely low-tech manner. I've heard of guys putting them in between shade cloth and driving a tractor over them and then sort of winnowing out the you know the, the, chaff, the, yeah. the chaff and we will be left with the beans. I, I don't think you must look at the equipment and say, oh, no, it's far too expensive. I can't get into this. I think there's ways out there to get into it on a pretty small budget. Right. What I'm also thinking is that there's quite a, a mass of cane farmers out there who will need some rotation options. Mm. And if beans work really nicely, then actually you've got neighbors and everybody in, and you can work together as a group to be able to to get the right equipment and obviously big equipment is not what we're looking at in the hills and valleys of the Kazadian Midlands but some smaller equipment which works really well. It is considered to be quite a labor intensive crop but you have the labor on the cane farms anyway to cut cane right? Yep that's right I mean harvesting comes sort of in May, May, June 
And that's a relatively quiet period on the sugarcane farm anyway. Your, your weeds don't grow, so you don't have your hoeing teams and uh, very busy at that time. So we just use our labor that we have and we use them at that time to pull the beans. But I think generally in terms of a cane rotation, if we can overcome the chemical residual by starting with a maize crop and then going into a bean crop, it fits in extremely well. Right. And perhaps on that note, we should wrap up the podcast. Dion, it's been wonderful chatting to you about your farming operation and really good luck with getting beans into your rotation. It just looks like it's the right sort of crop for this area and it's the right sort of crop to add a cash value into rotation with sugarcane. Thank you. Thanks very much for the opportunity, Ant. Right. Until next time, it's been a guest. Take care. (laughs) 